What's up? What's up? This your boy Mark Curry from Hanging with Mr. Cooper. But you know what? Now I'm hanging with the homie Popo, politicking. You know how he do self help hip hop. That's right. Say that again. Say that fast. Self help hip hop. That's what. That's what's up. He representing San Diego, Oceanside, anything with a beach. He representing. That's right. He's trying to preserve hip hop culture. You know what I mean? I like that because we need to preserve it. Because pretty soon the youngsters ain't gonna even know what it. You know what's up you know what i mean he's also introducing future stars so get at him he got a podcast he's deep he's po po you know how you do it po po politician you spell that that's p p p how we feeling peace out uh popolitikin.com yeah 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 this your guy trooper the done on pro politics baby y'all already know what it is tune in man I do it for the north side, I do it for the south side, east side and the west side, cause everybody know all sides is the best side. Imagine the world seeing the world as I see it, the black woman and man could easily achieve freedom, it's that simple, you see it in your vision, then you go and get it, just don't forget to leave your name on it for your children, I ain't the one that's confusing without understanding, hey I'm just talking and using from another planet, yeah. So maybe they don't understand us It's too late for that No, watch us tear it up uh. We built this entire nation You mad, bruh Through the blood, that sweat, tears, and laugh Cause they can't get rid of us They need us Ask that black guy Apple, what he think of what I'm speaking in the globe No, we got a dodo in the OO And Ren, it's just a warrant He's putting Mar-a-Lago Ask the world explode He just look and behold Like the northern he grow Like the shorter he grow you should know that the seed dies and gives life. Murder the evil inside of you and you see the light. A seed dies then gives life. Murder the evil inside of you when you see the light. I do it for the north side. I do it for the south side. East side and the west side. Cause everybody know all sides is the best side. I do it for the north side. I do it for the south side. Let's do it for George Floyd, ride for Sandra Bland, Ray Sean Brooks, time to take a stand. You say Jesus was the prince of peace, a lie. Told us disciples to sell their possessions and grip that iron. Second Amendment, don't worry, you should bury mine. I cannot bury your desert, so yes, I'm bearing mine. Anybody tell you something different, you know that they're a line. We cannot live in the cold world with no fires. Can I breathe? Like taking my last breath with people milling around and entertained by death. Please, please, put the flicks down to help you see this racist ass pig. Got his knees on my neck, make the world feel it. Look at we got the glow spinning, kick the devil's ass so bad he begging for forgiveness. Shout out to Mississippi, you took that flag down. Forever in the spirit, time to press the gas now. Take some money, get power those who know you and hold his ass to the torch like he owed you. They say COVID 19 will be gone real soon, like it's something that they already knew. What's up? I do it for the north side. 
I do it for the south side, east side and the west side. Cause everybody know all sides is the best side. Welcome back to PolPolitikin.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Make sure you go on Spotify, we're on Apple Music, Google Play, YouTube. Type in PolPolitik and list some of my interviews since 2008. One, two, one, two. I'm in the place to be with True Paul the Don. How you doing? What's up? <laughs> What's cracking? Chill. Why you call you True Paul the Don? He's actually Trooper. Oh, Trooper. I'm just saying it wrong. I should say, I thought it was True Paul. <laughs> My word. Well, right. it's it's actually a spin from um from like trooper, like a paratrooper or something mm -hmm. that, and it's sort of it's more so it plays on the definition than the spelling. You know, a trooper is a an individual who is trained to go through thick and thin, and yet survive through all these challenges and live to tell it. But not only that, but he's able to, because he has gone through so much in life, he's able to teach and make others just as tough when it comes to striving and succeeding in life. You don't give up. A trooper is just what it is. He gets the job done. He gets the mission. He addresses the mission and he accomplishes the mission. So how did you learn to be a trooper? That's what it is. Life will teach you how to be a trooper. You don't have to go to any specified course and, and study regimented books. Life will teach you how to be a trooper. Because, you know, life will kick your ass if you ain't watching it carefully. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's just life. Things that go on in your life, man, and things that you experience makes you a trooper. You know what I'm saying? When you look a trooper, not like state trooper now, you want to look at that in terms of a trooper. Like in the service in the armed forces. Yeah, soldier. Yeah. Right. That's what a trooper is, a soldier. So where your hometown? My hometown is Chicago, Illinois. But I was raised in Mississippi, specifically in the Golden Triangle area between uh West Point and Columbus, Mississippi. So how was it growing up out there? A big transition actually, man, from Chicago, huh? Enormous <laughs> transition because I think one of the, and I call Mississippi my home. Oh, undoubtedly. You know, I'm Chi-Town bred, Mississippi fed. You know, they say where you eat at is where you where you rest at. Uh -huh. I ate from Mississippi, so I consider Mississippi my home and I represent Mississippi. But I think that as far as growing up there, your roots is always there in you. You, 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 no matter where we go in life, we never leave that. The roots never come out of you. But sometimes we leave the roots. Mm -hmm. and they're always there for us to return back to so that we can reflect upon our past to proceed to build a, an excellent future for ourselves. So Mississippi was one of those places that I think it was within my destiny to grow up in because it took me going through the things that I went through in Mississippi to be the man that I am today and be able to survive in these other various states that I've you know, recently visited and that I've visited in the past. Um, I think Mississippi is by design because of the things that exist there. We're talking about, we're talking about the racism, we're talking about the, the poverty, we're talking about the low ed educational 
system. We're talking about the unemployment system. We're talking about every single facet of Mississippi. If you use it in the right way, it could actually become a tool that you can use to cut out a path for yourself because it's hard living. You know what I'm saying? And life is not easy. So it is important to approach life from a direct perspective in, in order to bring things to a fruition that you want that you want to be successful in life. You see. So how did you get involved with music? It's in my blood. You know, I come from a family that's pretty much like the winers. You know how the winers is, BB and CC. That's the, the entire family is musically inclined. My mother was a was an R and B singer. And she was with a group years ago called the Satin Dolls, out of uh, based out of Chicago, Illinois, and, uh, and so they was always into music and doing various shows in the inner city and in the outside of the city and around the city. So, and uh, uh, my grandmother, she was a singer. You know, she was a blues singer. My grandfather was a was a blues player, songwriter, uh, and, and, a, and an instrumentalist. So everybody was musically inclined. So that have a tendency to pass that blood wave all the way down to the to the very last child. You know, so it kind of it kind of became a thing of mine that I fell in love with. Music was my first baby. Music was my first girlfriend. You understand what I'm saying? But it was always in me. I just had to get around the right elements for it to be discovered for me to bring it out and make it manifest. So what made you bring, what What was that? What happened? Well, I mean, you know, it's just, you you grow up around it. Mm -hmm. you, you wake up on a Saturday morning to drums being played, guitars being played in your living room and you're nothing but four, three, four, five years old. And so you, you're always around it continuously. So quite naturally, you kind of adapt to your environment. Then you, you find that the child begins to try to mimic the ways of the teachers. And that which you grow up around, if it shepherdized the way you think, it in a lot of ways parents you. You understand what I'm saying? So music became a parent to me. It, it began to control the way I thought. The, the rhythm, the melody, the activity, the singing, the spirit, the vibe of being around it continuously every day of my life kind of shepherdized the way I thought. So it became it began to parent me to parent my thoughts. That's when you know I begin to pick up a pen and try to doodle some stuff down and make little melodies myself. And before you know it, by the time I was nine, shit, I was rapping a full song. You know what I'm saying? I was rapping a full song. I mean, I didn't understand the business of it. It's just that I, it was a toy to me. You know, at such an age, music was a toy to me. Just like you see a kid play with a basketball or, or, or uh, 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 a skateboard, it became a toy to me. Not even knowing that this toy is, it could be a danger to you, it could be a help to you, it could be a blessing to you, or it could be a hindrance to you. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So this, this, this was this toy that I was playing with. And all I ever did was play with that toy mm -hmm. that I call music. And I'm still playing with it today. So what would you say your story is as an artist? Well, as an artist, my story is one of one of poverty. You know, it's one of strife, it's, it's one of pain, but it's not always linked to that because it's also one of laughter. It's also one of triumph. 
and, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't say succeed in those terms. I use the term triumph because I felt that at the time everything seemed like it was against what I was trying to put down. And one of my mottos that I've always lived by, and I and I still do to this day, is never be a part of the noise. You know, make your own noise. You know what I mean? And let everybody else dance to your tune. But while everybody else is singing at a certain rhythm, how am I going to stand out and how am I going to create waves if I'm singing the same tune that everybody else sings? And that's what... What are you saying? I'm sorry? No, I said what you were saying? Saying that's what it's all about, you know, creating your own way, creating your own motions. And that's what I was able to do. But at the time, you know, you see people standing outside the circle, looking in the circle. They can see you building. They can see you edifying on something. They don't know what it is. They don't know where it's headed to. They don't know where it's going. But they see you building on it, and they see you working hard on it, and they see you diligent at it. And at some point in time, they're going to also see shape begin to form. They're going to sit and watch. As they sit and watch, they're going to ridicule you and everything. They're going to throw darts at you. They're going to create rumors on you. They're going to do all these things. And all these things are designed to make you stop doing what you are doing so that you may become just a regular person like they feel they might be. You know, cause everybody got this old saying is that, oh, if you give me $10 million, I'll be satisfied. I ain't interested in getting rich. Well, if you're not interested in getting rich, what are you doing it for? You sound, why, you, you sound why like you're a, preacher, you a preacher or something? You sound like a preacher or something. <laughs> A motivational speaker or something? You a motivational speaker? Nah. Well, I mean, you know, on, on a lot of my videos, I always say that, and, and Brother Timo, he can attest to this. On my videos, I always say I am not a preacher, nor do I subscribe to any form of priesthood. But it don't hurt to be educated. Oh, very good. It actually helps to be educated. So how would you how would you describe your style? My style, as far as what music is concerned, yeah, the music. It's to me, if 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 I was standing outside myself, I would say it, it, it's a more it's a more realistic approach to things. If I'm gonna talk about a club, you're gonna find that it's gonna be a more realistic approach. If I'm buying the bar, I'm talking about it. I'm actually buying the bar. You know what I mean? It's not a more fantasized type of approach like you like you getting from a lot of these guys. They're telling you, "Ah, oh, we up in the club, whoop the whoop and and this nigga drive a, a Ferrari up in the club. Do you really you really drove a Ferrari up in the club? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, tell you, I rode a Ferrari up in the club. I drove a fucking Ferrari up in the club. I mean, you know, it's, what my point is that is realistic music, and and that's what I'm, I've always tried to do is to dispel that mythology and that myth in music that you just got to be phony in order to be accepted. Now that do seem like the deal though, that you, in order to be accepted, you got to be fake. Mm. You can't be real. And if you really want to be honest, that's how the music industry is. 
That's the idea that it promotes in an artist. I know I've been signed a couple times, so I know how they promote. They these people that you that signed your check, you never see them. They are afraid of gangsters. They don't like crooks. They don't like thugs. But they know that shit look good on camera. That uh -huh. you won't see them around no gangsters. And the type of gangsters that you may see them around are politicians. Yeah, I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say soon tie gangsters. <laughs> I'm saying who would you sign to? You say you uh, were signed a couple of times. Who would you sign to? The first deal was in 1999 to 2002 from Selected Records. Selected Hits was our based out of Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, Selected Records is based out of Lansing, Illinois. I, re I was just actually getting out of prison and got signed the following year. You know, it was like 99, it was 2000, then it got signed in 2001 in, back in Chicago, Atlantic, Illinois. That's where the label was located at. And I released uh, Wages of Sin. And at the time, it was my first uh, studio, professional studio recording record. Um, I did it, I did, I did uh, All for Mama, which was one of the big singles off, off that label with uh, Gemini. I don't know whether you're familiar with him, but Gemini was a part of the group called Men at Large. Mm -hmm. And they was a very big, big group. I think at the time they were sound, signed to uh, Uptown. They think that song, I Miss You, right? Wasn't that them? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the record. Him and, and Dave. It's a good friend. Those are my <laughs> that was my Those shit. Yeah, they were real good friends of mine. And uh, they were they were um, associates of the label that I was on, which was Selected Records. And um, you know, there was a lot of crazy shit going on with that, um, which was, I was actually supposed to have been the next big, huge thing that came out the South at that time. But because of mismanagement, paperwork crazy, and, and people doing behind the back shit, it fucked my entire thing. I'll tell you one, one incident that happened. Now, I ain't gonna mention no names, but because I can't mention names. Right. Um, there was a time when when this, this major label, it was, it was Columbia Records is what it was. They had a, um, a showcasing at this place called Chromium Night Bar in Chicago. And I was invited to do my showcase by an exec at Columbia. Well, my so-called A&R director at Selective Records told them that they didn't even know me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he told he told he told an A&R at Columbia that they didn't even know me. Yet I'm on the label; they're making mute money off my music. I mean, it just it was just all kind of crazy shit, man. It was just all kind of crazy stuff. So that kind of that kind of made me. You know, withdraw. So as a result of mismanagement, selling thirty thousand units off selected records, I feel like if I could sell thirty, I could sell fifty thousand. That's that's at least what gold, mm -hmm. or is it five hundred? It's gold, right? Yeah, they gold five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand, and a meal is platinum. You're right. Yeah. I mean, my point is that I could sell if I could sell that amount of records with a machine, even though it was a, a, a indie label. But it was one. It was one of those indie labels like Top Dog Entertainment is yeah. today. I could have easily went gold. When I got a friend, I ain't gonna mention his name, but y'all know him well. He got signed to Motown Records at the same time. 
He sold 10,000, 8,000 units. They, they kicked him off Motown. I warned him about that deal before he ever went, trying to tell him that Motown does not specialize in hip hop music. You're gonna be on the shelf, on, on the bench, or either you're gonna be used as, a, as, as, as some kind of stringer, somebody that comes in and feature on a Motown act of R&B and, and this, that. They're gonna use you as a fill-in guy. Right. You're gonna you're gonna beg and you're gonna borrow. You're gonna act, you're gonna be begging like hell, knocking on the door to get your album, but they ne they're never gonna give it to you because you ain't gonna be even, you're not gonna be there for that purpose. He went on there somehow. He convinced them to give him a budget. He got the budget. He did the record, did the video, turned everything in. Numbers put it out. Numbers came back eight thousand units. They they kicked him off of that motherfucker as fast as they signed him. He would. He could have did that on his own. He could have did it on his own. But I sold more records than him. He was on a major label than I was on an independent label. That's why I keep telling everybody. And they, they keep saying, oh, they see all everything's going on. Like, Trooper made it. Trooper made it. You, do you know what making it mean? I, 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 people are lose, using that term loosely without taking careful considerations as to what that term made it actually really mean. To made it is when you're happy about whatever amount of money you have, your cars, your houses, everything is taken care of, your family's healthy, your wife is happy, your kids are healthy, everything is taken care of. You ain't got any worries and you study generating value. That's made it. You know, when 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 you ain't asking nobody for nothing, because I'm pro-independent, I own selective record, this is my gear and box me for payment and shipping option levels commercial. But yeah, like yours, yeah, it's cool. It's, it's that first familiar record shit. It's, it's all original, all genuine, and it stands out. It's a brand. And this is what I'll be trying to teach homies that see you building, the ones that see you nailing outside your house on, on wood, and they laughing at you. They think it's a game. But then all of a sudden, they see shit forming. And then they still laughing because they ain't seen the final results of the product, but they don't understand the process of building. Never laugh when you see a man working his craft because you might look like a damn fool after he's done. Uh -huh. So you let them throw darts, let them do all this. The best way to shut a hate up is ball out of control, right in his face. So never worry about haters. Just keep building, keep edifying, keep growing, and keep developing. And everything that you dream of, man, it's going to come true. There's nothing that we desire that's not face of this planet. Name me one thing that we get from, say, heaven. Go ahead, I'll wait. Okay. Name one thing we get from heaven, a, a tangible thing. Not a spiritual, I'm talking about a tangible thing. No, I just think that's like a mindset anyway. Heaven to hell is a mindset. Yeah, it's just states. That's why it's yeah. called states. Yeah. You know? So here we are in a situation where we are at war. I made, I tell you what, I made a statement some time ago. I said, we are at war. And that war is a war not with the bullets, not with the guns. It's a war of information. And who gets the prestige of controlling that information? And one of the mix-ups 
for black people and has been so for many years is that we have never been able to control the truth. Mm. We've never been able to control the truth, our truth anyway. Our truth has been told by those who tell lies. Our truth has been factioned by those who, who have created a fictitious narration of what life is supposed to be from a whitewashed type of perspective. That's our reality. But that is not our story. That's his story of us. So what would you say the truth is? The truth is that we are God-like people. In essence, we are. We come direct, we are direct descendants from the breath of God. I'm going to say that again. We, the Asiatic black man, we are direct descendants from the breath of God. Mm. No other race can boast that. No other race can claim that. We can talk about Adam, but we don't want to talk about the pigmentation of Adam. But Adam was the one that received that direct breath of God right into his nostrils. Mm. And this same element of life passed on to his seeds, which were placed between his loins. So we all have elements of godliness in us. That's why we are lords of the earth. Anything else is beneath us by nature. And until we learn that, and until we master that, and learn how to edify that, we're going to always be running around acting and thinking that we uncles and aunties and ain't your mamas and niggas and jigaboos. Look how we behave. The worst thing to call the black man is a nigga. But what's worse than that is when he act like what they call it. Uh-huh. So what you think about all this stuff going on right now, the protests and everything? It's supposed to happen, bro. It has to happen. In order for what God has to make manifest, it has to happen. If we History is best qualified to reward all research. And if we fail to learn the lessons of the past, we're doomed to repeat it in the future or in these days and time. So if we want to understand what has transpired here in these recent sad years under this Trump administration, all we got to do is read back, rewind the time, hands of times and study the pages of history of those who are similarly situated and experienced the same or like similarly situations that we are experiencing. You see how they got their problem solved? They didn't get their problem solved with crying. They didn't get their problem solved with marching. They didn't get their problem solved with sobbing and begging and moaning. No, they got their problem solved by revolutionizing this whole landscape. Uh-huh. Now, people may take this and say, well, you might be one of the type of persons that's in agreement with the looting and the riot. I will say this. That whenever we take the human constitution 
whenever we take that humanitarian element out of the picture, we lift the value of materialism over the humanitarian aspect of man's existence. And once we do that, we easily think that that building has more value than a George Floyd. Or that building or that store or that TV has more value than a Sandra Bland. How can that be so when the magnitude of their death has reached the value of more than what that store can ever be worth? How can that be so about George Floyd when his untimely demise has valualized at a magnanimous position in life way more than any store that anybody can, can, can loot? So how are they the same? No, here's the thing. If you want justice from a humanitarian perspective, if you want peace from a humanitarian perspective, then the only way that you're going to get it is through revolution. You don't have peace unless it is stoked by war in some form or some fashion. Somebody has to lose. Somebody has to make a sacrifice in order for us to have the bigger game. So I understand. I can't, I can't speak for those who have the mentality to say, well, this is the right time. Let's go get us a TV. I can't speak for them. I don't know their mentality. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. But I see the picture. The picture says that here is a bunch of men, black, white too, that are fed up with what's going on. And this has provided a valve for them to open up and let off all this frustration. So if I was the people, I'd keep doing exactly what I'm doing now until they comply with peace. And that's the only way you're going to get it. It's doing what you do. You see, they got the understanding now, don't you? Yeah. You see, they taking flight. Now, imagine if nobody looted. Imagine if nobody broke in any stores. None of that happened. Everybody just being peaceful. Wouldn't have been no change. Huh? Wouldn't have been no change. There wouldn't have been no change. Everything back to normal the next day. Well, they say squeaky, squeaky, squeaky wheel always get oil, right? <laughs> you squeaky, you don't get nothing. They should keep riding on you, shit. Let's hit a man in the pocket. You ain't got to slap him. Just hit him in the pocket. And that's all these brothers and sisters did. They have, take, they have taken back what was taken from them. But you know, people don't look at that in that perspective. They don't look at it in that perspective. You know what I'm saying? So, so I think that um, Trump is um, definitely a pawn. He's a, he's a pawn in the personal fantasy of God. What do you mean by and, that? Yes, sir. He's a pawn in the personal fantasy of God. God is using him to bring about a quantified, unified position of the entire human race. Now, you got to be careful though, because we got to understand what we're dealing with. Now, I know a lot of people that know me don't want to hear me say this, but I got to say it, but we're dealing with a devil. You're not dealing with no human. You're dealing with a devil that's disguised as a human being. Jesus called them wolves in sheep clothing who only want to make you a meal. 
That's all they are. Here you screaming peace. You don't want to my love. We screaming, we want to be together. We want to grow together. We want humanitarian peace all over the world. See, those are beautiful things. Those are actually God-like things. Well, if they so God-like, why are they coming against you? Why are they screaming the opposite of what you scream? Why are they have decided to all of a sudden take the devils after you? The truth yeah, is that it's always been devils. Now, yeah, I guess with me, and then like another thing with me is like, uh, like if you study history, like you can go look at all the black leaders from the 60s. And they, I mean, no, I mean, they was doing that shit back then. So it's like, I don't think we can, we can't keep doing the same thing and it's not changing. We got to do something different. I know that. The only thing, the only thing, that, I mean, like if, if you're in a forest, right? And you're in a jungle, man. You ain't got no damn way of communicating with nobody. But you got fire, though. So you can make a light up in this motherfucker. Somebody going to see you when they see that smoke. <laughs> All right? Okay. So if you if somebody keep hitting you, man, and you tell them, please stop, sir. Don't do me like this, sir. I'm a human being just like you, sir. And this motherfucker in, insists on doing the same exact thing. You ain't getting his attention until you knock his ass out. All right. So what you got to do is you got to turn all that power into force, a moving force. And when you turn all that power into a moving force, it don't know no back step. Only thing it want to do is go forward. So anything in the way going to get rolled over. You say what you say about, I'm going to ask you about, um, I got a friend I'll be listening to sometimes. Um, he's mixed guy. So he always brings up like black on black crime and stuff like that. He was saying like black people with problems, like, you know, we killing ourselves. We we shouldn't worry about that. We gotta get ourselves right first. I'ma say this right here, man. For for maybe that brother and other brothers who who who, who might possibly have an understanding about what I'm just gonna say. We got to understand, brother, that many of us have mental problems. Mm. Mental problems that we don't even have knowledge of. Many of us have psychological issues dating from the pen of slavery that's passed on from parent to offspring, and we don't even know it. Ask them. Ask them why they killed each other. They can't give you a legitimate reason other than to turn your attention to some tangible objective that they had. When the real issue is that you're killing each other because you were taught to kill each other. You murdering each other because you were trained to murder each other. You killing and destroying each other because this was your lessons in the class of life that you graduated from. No one kills one another better than we do because this is a lesson that has been taught. And in order to reverse the process, at some point in time, you're going to have to either educate, re-educate the killer or take the killer out. Yeah, so who taught him? Life, the life that white people has fixed an infection for us in this country. Mm. The nature of that which was given to us from slavery all the way through offspring. You know, in history, we weren't known to murder each other in Africa, unless it was a tribal territorial life-bound thing. We believed in the law of equality. That's our original law. 
If you kill me, my family has a legal right to demand the life of the one who killed me. And that's what I believe today. So I'm not going to go to no courtroom when you kill my son. I'm going to wait a little bit and I'm going to come kill your son. That's the natural law of God. But because we live in a capitalistic society, I guess that law trumps the law of God. Mm. It's called the law of equality. In Islam, the word is called kiyas. Kiyas. Kiyas is the law of equality. You have, and the law is, is a big digest on it. If I kill your son unjustifiably, you have a right to demand the life of my son. And if I don't have son, a son, then I have to pay in expiation whatever amount of your son's burial is to your family. This is the law of God that keeps the bonds of humanity together. This is what happened when we got away from the natural law of life and began to succumb compulsorily to other laws that took us out of our natural state of existing. And now most of us act like savages because we have been removed from the natural laws of God and how we should live. What's some more than natural laws? Well, you have a lot of them. Like for example, water has a law. There's a law on water. Never waste water. These are natural laws because the water that you waste can quench the thirst of a person that might be parched. You could save a life with the water you wasted. It's a disrespect to all of the elements, hydrogen as well as oxygen, that is used to sustain your very own life. Mm. So if we have no respect for the things that keeps us alive, then maybe they should be taken away and given to someone that will respect them and honor them. Mm. See, these are natural laws of nature. Every blade of grass has a natural law. It has its own defense mechanism. That's why it's called a blade of grass. If you pick it up the wrong way, it will cut you. Mm. So what makes these people think that they can continue to oppress human beings who have a natural mode of defense unless we strike back? That's the human nature to do what these brothers and sisters is doing. And that's the part, my brother, that they don't understand. That's why you got everybody making comments. That's why you got everybody saying certain things because they don't really understand what's going on. But the same thing that we are experiencing has been going on for years in the past. Mm -hmm. They left us a criterion that we can use as an atlas. If we follow those guidelines, we can straighten this shit out too. We already getting to the point but it's gonna take hard work. It's gonna take sacrifice. And that's where your problem come in. Hmm. That's where your problem come in. Nobody wants to work and make sacrifices. 
but they want the goodies though. Sacrificing who? Well, I mean, sacrifices from a lot of things. Like for instance, we might have to sacrifice this American economy. But before we can do that, we must come into our own. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't throw away the old food when there's no new food available for you. Yeah. You got to eat that and get fat and strong and build your muscles up off that and then proceed to create a, a new thing. Yeah, Until, on your own garden at home, right? There you go, man. Until we begin to cultivate our own soil, own a piece of our own earth. Everything originally I asked you a question. I said, name me one thing, a tangible thing that did not come from this ground that we walk on, this earth, terra firma, mother earth. One thing, and no one on earth that you ever know will able to give you one. Because everything that we have, all the way from computers, to lights, to dog food, to hairbrushes, to combs, to toothbrushes, to cars, to tires, to trucks, to cups, comes from terra firma. It's called mother earth, because in it, it gives birth to everything that life has to offer us on this earth. Mm. When it rains, the earth swells. It's impregnating the earth so that the earth may produce more for our sustenance. God don't need the earth. He was here before the earth. So he don't need the earth to sustain it. He don't need the sun. He created the sun. So logically, he was here before the sun. So if we want to understand this, this why why it's so important for us to understand who we are, then we need to understand why God created us. Because he damn sure don't need us. We, he existed before we existed. So he don't need none of us to sustain him. He is here in the beginning and will be here in the end. So why did he create us? What's the purpose of man? Our purpose is so that we may simply do one thing, and that's to reflect the greatness of God. That's all. God created man because he has never seen himself before. That's why we are created in the image, the likeness of him. So what is an image? What is a likeness? It is a reflection or a refraction from an object placed there before it. So until we begin to reflect the image, the attributes, the qualities of God, me, myself too, the qualities such as love, peace, justice, equality, mercy, caregiving, kindness. He's the most merciful. We're only capable of being merciful. He's the mighty, the almighty. We are, purpose. We are, we are only capable of being strong. So you see how God-like we are? Not that God has a head and an arm and a leg. Those are called anthropomorphic ideas. Anthropomorphism is the tendency to perceive God after your own likeness. That means you are an idol worshiper. I'm going to ask you what you think about aliens. What do you mean, like Mexicans? No. 
That's your trick. I'm trying to give you something. <laughs> they want you to think aliens are monsters. They want you to think aliens are, okay, well, if that's an alien, then what are these Mexicans? What is black folks? What is Puerto Rican? Are they not aliens? We are all aliens. The only ones that are not alien is Indians, the natives. But you're thinking about a space thing. I know where you're trying to direct it to. You know, space, cosmos. Oh, so you're saying, you're saying that's what they're talking about? What you saying? They just trying to cover it up with words. It's it's called trichnology. But there's another alien though. So which alien are they referring to? They just trying to tell you, teach you a sleek way to not like people who are foreign. Mm. But they use trichnology. You got to understand, my dear brother, the people who did this shit to black people was not dumb people. They were scholars, man. They were doctors of medicine, scientists. You know, they were people who had scholastic acronyms behind their name. They knew what they was doing. And that is the devil. You have to understand, when you do something wrong and you consciously know that it's wrong, while at the same time knowing the outcome of the wrong situation, and you continue to do it, you are to have taken on the role of Satan right then and there. No one can say the devil made me do it unless they open up and let the devil come in. How can the devil do something to you and he's standing outside of you? Unless we must admit that in order to make you do it, he got to be in you. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna be quiet, man, because I might start making some sense, my dear brother. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we had a good interview, man. Yeah, it was an awesome interview. You had to come back on a little later. Yeah, and this is a great thing. I hope you share this with people. And this is a real good platform that you have, man, you know, that people could actually use and probably learn from. Um, then I'm sure that there are some of your viewers that would have a lot of questions or, or what have you. And that's a good thing because questions is one of the first plateaus of learning. You know, so, um, hey, it is what it is. I'm always happy to, to, to lend the in, to lend information if I'm able to, man. I appreciate the opportunity. No doubt. What's your uh, social media? It's, uh, you can catch me on IG at Trooper100. Uh, that's T R U E P A and the number 100. You can also follow me at my fan page, a Trooper the Dunn fan page via Facebook. I'm on Twitter. Man, I'm everywhere. In fact, just Google me and uh, just follow the links, man. Just follow the links. What's up, everybody? This is Poe from PoePolitikin.com. I'm, I'm into wholesale real estate. I did an online course, and I thought it was pretty cool, so I want to share it with y'all. The name of the course is called The Varsity Class, and it's an online course that will teach you the tools to become a real estate investor. This course will show you everything you need to know about wholesaling properties and real estate that can potentially earn you $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 or more. So you can make a lot of money in this wholesale real estate. This is a good course to get you uh, get your foot in the door. So you can change your life today, and the link is bit.ly backslash pole homes so bit.ly
backslash Poe Holmes with an S. So thank you. Check it out. I'll holler. Thanks for listening to Poe Politicking. Like I said, this is Self Help Meets Hip Hop. Try to interview the artists or whoever I'm interviewing. Just try to get a little bit more than just the music or just entertainment. Try to get some some stuff that you can use in your life that they're saying. And this is uh like they say, I got it out the mud. So 2008 we started it and been doing it this whole time. So I appreciate all the listeners we have, all my loyal listeners that stay stay down and listen to every episode. And so if you want to be a guest, make sure you got some fox. I want some heat. But you can contact me at polepoliticking at gmail.com. Yeah, if you want to be a guest, hit me up. And also, make sure you check out the store. We sell merch, rappertshirts.com. Rappertshirts.com. So I got the polepoliticking merch on there. Got rapper t-shirts. Got men's fashion, women's fashion. Got cool stuff on there. Anybody, you know, you want to make donations, you just like what you hear. You're like, it's cool. I want to support this. Keep going. Because, you know, it takes money to build this and keep growing it. It's a cash app, dollar sign, Politic, and that's P-O-P-O-L-I-T-I-C-K-I-N. I appreciate that, or PayPal, Demo. It's always Politicking. And we also look for sponsors. So if you have a book, you have an album you're about to come out with, you're a record label, you're a magazine, anybody that has something they're trying to promote, let me know. You can email me at polepoliticking at gmail, and we can work something out, work out a deal. But yeah, I'm looking for sponsors, so hit me up. And I appreciate all the support. And I'll see you next episode. Ahala. Popolitikin.com.